In this episode, we'll be diving into the world of artificial intelligence, a rapidly growing field that is transforming the way we interact with technology. AI is being used in a wide range of industries from healthcare to finance to transportation and entertainment, and it has the potential to revolutionize the way we live and work. Joining us today is one of the AI thought leaders in Ottawa who will be sharing their insights on perspectives and the latest developments in this exciting field. By the way, that intro was written by ChatGPT. So sit back, relax, and get ready for an insightful and thought-provoking discussion on the world of AI in this episode of Techopia Live. Michael Curran from the Ottawa Business Journal. Welcome to Techopia Live. This is a regular podcast from OBJ that features executives from next generation technology companies. We want to shine a spotlight on the up and comers and we want to keep you established on the established players as well, all with a goal of keeping the local tech sector informed and connected. Got a great show for you. Happy to have you here. Let's dive right into it. The emergence of ChatGPT has pressed a fast-forward button on artificial intelligence for many people. What once seemed like an Isaac Asimov novel is suddenly our reality. People around the world are quizzing and cha challenging ChatGPT in many ways. Since we're talking about ChatGPT, I thought we would get the tool itself, ChatGPT, to introduce our guest today. So again, I'm going to introduce our guest. This chat uh, text is directly from ChatGPT. So our, our guest is a professor emeritus at the University of Ottawa in Canada. She has a background in computer science and engineering. Her research features uh, focuses on areas such as artificial intelligence, machine learning, and computer vision. She has made significant contributions in the field of computer science, including the development of machine learning algorithms for image analysis, the creation of intelligent systems for decision-making, the design of algorithms for computer vision tasks. In addition to her research, she's actively been involved in promoting diversity and equity in the field of computer science. She has served as a mentor to women and underrepresented minorities in computer science and has advocated for policies that support greater diversity in her field. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of ChatGPT, Please welcome Dr. Herna Victor. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. It's nice to be here. So that was the first time, Professor, that we've ever had uh, an artificial intelligence text generator uh, write an intro to a guest. So I, I guess I want to uh, start uh, uh, by asking you, was that an accurate uh, introduction? Do you feel it, it properly represents who you are? Well, it was surely a very flattering, a very uh, interesting text there. The only thing is that it said I'm a professor emeritus. Alas, I'm not a professor emeritus. I'm a regular professor. Yes. But yes, that was a very flattering text. Okay. Well, <laughs> ChatGPT seems to be on your side. So, uh, yeah. but I did, I did think the professor emeritus thing was wrong because, of course, you're 
uh, a, a, your, your active working professor. And I think that that is part of what will be a, a, our focus here today, Professor, um, that we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons of artificial intelligence and maybe a little bit of a focus specifically on artificial intelligence that can generate tech. So, Professor, I just wanted to start off by the, the big question that's on many people's minds, um, and you're an expert in um, AI and and uh, and these types of things. What do you think of ChatGPT? What's your high-level opinion? Yeah, so ChatGPT, I think, just was a big surprise for all of us. Those of us working in the field, when we heard of ChatGPT, we said, oh, yes, right. Uh, we've been working with these large language models for quite a while. But what makes ChatGPT very different is that it is really very accessible to the public to um, the public who can try it. Um, the interface is super good. So uh, everybody uh, who I know who's not in the field went ahead and tried ChatGPT. So in that, in that, because of this, I think ChatGPT has really changed the field for us. You know, just sort of this accessibility of AI tools has really been changed. It must be interesting for you because you've been working in this field for years and it was, you know, it's a little bit of a niche, right? People mm -hmm. on the street having coffee don't like talk about artificial intelligence tech generators. Suddenly you must have had like friends and family asking you about ChatGPT. Is that right? That That is exactly the case. I mean, I have family members uh, who are, uh, for instance, in college who were very concerned saying, I write my own texts. What if uh, my professor thinks that this was generated by the, by ChatGPT? Should I go and make mistakes? You know, should I down downgrade my style of writing things like that? So, from that point of view, that was that was an eye opener for us that um, people are concerned about this. Yeah. Sure. So I want to talk about some of the pros and cons of ChatGPT. And to do that, of course, I'm, I'm having fun a little bit here. I asked ChatGPT to critique itself. So I said, ChatGPT, you give me your pros and cons, and I'm going to read them here, and I'm going to get you to comment on them, uh, Professor. So it said one of its pros was the ability to understand and respond to a wide range of topics. Sounds reasonable. It can respond to queries in real time, which can save time. That makes sense. Has 24-7 avail availability, excuse me. And listen to this one. This one might we might want to think about. It says ChatGPT says it's consistent in its responses, which can be helpful when users want accurate information. So I'm going to ask you about that in one second. Let's just talk about the cons, though. So ChatGPT says it lacks empathy. It has a limited understanding and can lack context. There could be privacy concerns. And ChatGPT said an over reliance on it on it can prevent users from developing critical thinking skills. So let me ask you, Professor, to critique ChatGPT. Did it give you, was this an accurate uh, um, pro and con, or do you have some problems with what it said? The one thing that I do have a problem with is that this is a generative model. So it generates texts. And those texts are not necessarily accurate. I can give you an example. For instance, it can write an essay about a philosopher. So it would, for instance, go and write an essay about what Socrates said. But then it would go and quote Socrates 
but and the quote would be wrong. So that is a big concern because people are going to intuitively tend to believe ChatGPT, but what it generates is not necessarily the truth. It's not necessarily factual. For me, that's a big concern with ChatGPT. And um, let me just ask you a quick follow-up on that. So we know these are the very early days of ChatGPT and other tools like this. It was, for example, just launched in November. And I understand that it's it's the data that it's accessing has a limited cutoff date as well. So, um, you know, when, you, when you're seeing some of these errors of fact, do you think those will be solved at some point as it potentially has a larger database of information? It's difficult to um, difficult to forecast that simply because, as I said, it is a generative model. So what would need to happen is there need to be some backward engineering in a way, which is, as far as I understand, not what the system is currently doing. And that could be very, very complicated. So, yes, technology is advancing. I guess they are probably working on that as we speak. But that is a big concern for now. Yeah. And, and people have pointed uh, pointed out these errors of facts and and to uh, to back up what you said, I, I think there is a generation, perhaps all generations will tend to think that chat GPT is incorrect. So if it's sorry, is generally correct, I meant to say, and if it is incorrect, people will not be sensing that you work in uh, academic um, setting, of course, professor. And, and one of the things that happens in um, academic say, settings is people write essays and papers and reports. So I wanted to ask you if it's possible to detect ChatGPT or AI-generated text. Yes, there's a lot of advances now um, for tools to detect these um, these generated texts. This is a very, very active area of research at this moment. There's different ways to do it. We could use these large language models to detect. Uh, the, the the fact that it has been generated that's the one area that is very very active uh, detecting text generated uh, by machines is not new it's been around for many many years so there's also statistical methods that because the text are generated by large language models are very often less complex than what a human would generate so there are tools and techniques out there there's also hybrid techniques where people uh, have a person, which we call a human in the loop, working together with the AI uh, algorithm in order to detect these, uh, these type of generators. And interestingly, some recent research has actually suggested that these large language models are very, very good, um, often better than humans to detect, uh, you know, that it has been generated by a uh, for instance, ChatGPT. So, so we'll need AI to detect AI. That's that's exactly, kind of, exactly. That's kind of <laughs> And and let me just have a quick follow up on that, Professor. So again, you're in a university setting. Many essays, uh, reports are being written. Are universities trying to move to some sort of form of one of these detection uh, solutions to to vet all essays? What's happening in the university context? So in the university context, we are having a lot of discussions about this. Um, for instance, I don't know if you're aware of this, but ChatGPT can also generate code, so computer code. So for instance, and the more uh, fundamental courses, um, 
it's very easy actually to get um, answers from ChatGPT. So in terms of computer science, we have to rethink how we're evaluating students for sure. But as you said, also for in general for essays, and there's a lot of active discussion on how to do this. Uh, that's fascinating. I'm glad you brought up computer code. I was thinking of arts programs, and of course, in computer science, this would be a big, significant issue if a student is asking you to generate code for a project or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, listen, Professor, we've got a lot more to talk about. It's a fascinating topic, but I just want to press pause on our discussion for a second to recognize the sponsor of this episode, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering. We often hear about talented professionals in Ottawa looking to take their career to the next level. One of the city's top resources is the University of Ottawa, which is one of the supporters of Techopia Live. Through its professional development programs, the school is supporting the continuing education and learning of skilled professionals here in Ottawa. This was one of the driving forces behind the University of Ottawa recently setting up a Kanata North campus in the heart of the city's tech hub. The school is continuing to evolve its programming to meet the needs of professionals across the region. And you can learn more at uottawa.ca. We are back talking with Professor, uh, Professor Herna Victor from the University of Ottawa about artificial intelligence. Professor, I wanted to dig into some of the uh, the main concerns that people have with AI. And I think in my mind, there might be more, but I, I look at it kind of as two buckets. Um, you know, one concern would involve access to data. So the data that it's accessing and, and generating uh, feedback from, and then algorithm bias as well. Can you start by talking about the access and the limitations of, of AI based on data? Yeah, so AI, uh basically do learn from data, right? So what these algorithms do in essence is they generalize, they take data and they see which patterns they can find in the data. So because of this, uh, it's very, very um, important that the data is representative of the population that you want to learn for, from. And in many, many cases, we have something that we call data skew or data imbalance. So uh, our data, uh, the data is simply not representative of the population. And then our models that we create, our algorithms create, are then also biased. So because of this, when we have a data set, it's, it becomes really important to make ensure that the data uh, is well represented in terms of um, many, many different uh, aspects. Uh, for instance, um, if we look at uh, data based on gender-based data, um, then uh, there's, a, there's a very good recent um, example of one of the tech companies who wanted to diversify their um, workforce. So what they did is they said, we're going to go and look at the typical um, IT professionals, because we want to attract more, uh, more diverse uh, workforce, but they ended up enforcing the, the bias because when they learned from the data, the data was very skewed in terms of gender and they ended up hiring more male engineers. So in the end, what happened is they had to just shelf this project. So that's an example of an algorithm learning from the data that's not that representative of the population. 
Excellent example. I, I see the uh, the problem with the data and the bias. Professor, um, we've got uh, a couple more questions before we wrap up. I want to give you an opportunity maybe to talk about some of the research you or the University of Ottawa in general is doing on AI. What What is the university looking at or you specifically these days? Yeah, so the university, have we have quite a, a large group of individuals working on AI. Uh, specifically, um, one project that I can highlight is in the cybersecurity domain, that we have uh, quite a large group of people working on detection of things like uh, phishing and, uh, you know, uh, network intrusion detection. So that is one area where uh, there's a lot of, lot of activity at the university um, in terms of detecting um, uh, all these malicious types of attacks. So that is that's one thing that I would really focus on. Also, is in the in medicine, a lot of people working on using AI in order to look into uh, understanding patients better, uh, so understanding diseases better. And what is very interesting in this specific case is that very often we have very limited data, uh, whereas you know we don't have large large scale data. We have very limited data where uh, we want to learn from, for instance, patient profiles and so on. So, and there's so many of other colleagues working in this area and the computer vision area also, we have many people working in very advanced techniques in terms of computer vision and using these uh, deep learning approaches in order to solve computer vision problems. That's excellent. That, well, it's exciting to know that University of Ottawa is keeping pace in, when it comes to AI. Um, my final question to you, and I'm being somewhat provocative intentionally on this, uh, Professor. Um, we know AI is disruptive. ChatGPT is an example of that. Um, a lot of people are uncertain about where we're going. So I wanted to ask you a very kind of black and white question. Should we fear the arrival of AI or should we celebrate it? I believe the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. I don't think we should fear it, but we should be cautious. We should understand that this is a technology. It's not a human. I, I just want to get back to chat GPT. The other day I had a colleague who told me I talked with chat GPT and he told me something. And I, I said, you know, it's not a he or a she, it's it. It's an algorithm. For me, that's my biggest concern that people need to realize it's an algorithm. It's not human. It doesn't have emotions and it makes mistakes like humans. Uh, however, um, it has its limitations. So I would not say that we should fear it. We should see AI as a tool for us to make the world a better place. Wonderful. That's a great way to wrap up. Uh, Professor Victor, I want to thank you for spending some time with us here today on Techopia Live. I wish I think you know I wish we had another 30 minutes to talk about this. Uh, it's uh, such a fascinating expert. I want to wish you good luck uh, to you and your students in continuing to do research in this area. Thank you very much. It was really a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. That was uh, Professor uh, Victor from the University of Ottawa, uh, computer scientist. Uh, let's take a look at some of the other great companies that championed Techopia. Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as EY, building a better working world. Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies. Pearlie Robertson, Hill & McDougall, 
a leader in business and technology sector law. TD Bank, specialized programs for technology companies. The University of Ottawa, Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent. Techopia is not only a podcast, we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. Well, a big thanks again to Professor Herna Victor from the University of Ottawa. Uh, for sure, we'll be keeping an eye on her research. Listen, have you heard the good news? Techopia has launched a new magazine. That's right, in uh, in partnership with EY. We've created a, a beautiful, glossy new magazine. We had a beautiful party to launch it on uh, March 6th, and you too can get access to it. Uh, you can visit techopiaeyinsights.ca, techopiaeyinsights.ca. I think you'll uh, really enjoy it. It has lots of uh, information about the history of tech in Ottawa, uh, looking at the past, present, future of tech, some of the next-gen startups, some of the established players, and some great feature articles. So be sure to check that out. That's all the time we have for this episode of Techopia Live. I want to thank you for tuning in. Let's keep building Ottawa's technology utopia. That is Techopia. Bye-bye. See you.